This is filmmaker Elian Henry, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWG, thetruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Yeah. 
This is KCWG, thetruth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and I'd like to thank the inimitable Miss DJ Umami for dropping by this evening. Well, to close out our show, uh, I am proud to welcome this next guest. She has had a long-standing career in Hollywood, starting as a creative director in the music industry, working for her mentor, Quincy Jones, in the 90s. And she went on in 2003 to found her own event production company called Pop Life Productions. And through that medium, she produced events and experiences for cultural icons, including Forrest Whitaker, Naomi Campbell, Most Def, Stevie Wonder, Jay-Z, P. Diddy Combs, and Yoko Ono. Well, she has an amazing project that she's here to talk to us about tonight, so I cannot wait to bring her in. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, Miss Elian Henry. Miss Henry, are you there? I'm here. Hello. Hello, and welcome to Psychotic Bump School. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. How are you today? Oh, we are cool and the gang. I can't thank you enough for being here tonight. Uh, looks like you've had quite an extensive background already, so let's talk about this project. We're going to be talking about Roy Hargrove tonight, your dear friend. And I'm just wondering, um, when you think about this project here as a cinematic piece of art, how would you say your previous experiences in film prepared you for this musical tribute to your dear friend Roy Hargrove? And what creative hurdles, if any, surface that compare con contrast with your projects in the past? Um, I do have, this is my directorial debut in terms of doing my own film, but I do have experience um, working in film in the past. Um, you know, when I worked in the record industry um, in the 90s, in the music industry, I was a video commissioner. So, you know, I used to hire the directors and gather the treatments and oversee the videos. And so there was a lot of, um, you know, film production and interaction with directors with that. And, um, and then I went on to produce events, which the production of events, of really big kind of corporate events and uh, films is not that different. You know, that skill set really transfers over. And um, Nice. And what else? Um, you know, being a creative director, I was always working with the visuals, with photographers, with stylists, with art directors. You know, so I've always kind of been a visual creative person. And then... Um, in terms of the second part of your question and the creative hurdles in this um, situation, I think that that really the biggest one has just been like doing everything myself, being the producer, being the director, mm -hmm. being the fundraiser, you know. Um, right. My favorite part, obviously, is the directing and the creative part, but, you know, in order to do that part, it requires that I do all the other parts. And Absolutely. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, that can be, yeah. you know, that can be difficult sometimes. That's the thing, yeah. And that's the pride of ownership. But um, side note, uh, my wife and I were recently in New Orleans, uh, Miss Henry, and we saw Tyler Perry, and he was talking about that very thing. I mean, what you see is the, the sort of the final product, but what goes into that, given his entrepreneurial spirit with the films that he's made and made so famous, uh, it's quite taxing. You know, the, the a lot of the work is in the background, on the back end. So you're absolutely right. When you're wearing all those hats, it creates quite uh, uh well, let's say it like this. You, you become even more blessed with the burden of doing a thorough and complete job. How's that? Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, blessed with the burden. This, yeah, blessed with the burden. So we play tribute to a lot of greats on this show, Elian, uh, from the unheralded to the widely celebrated, from people like Buddy Bolden, 
uh, all the way to Aretha Franklin. Now, how would you describe the unique imprint in music history that Roy Hargrove occupies? I mean, I think that Roy is definitely one of our greats. Uh, I think that's um, what attracted me to wanting to do a documentary about his life. Um, he is, you know, an important point in the trajectory of trumpet greats, you know, like um, Ooh, absolutely. Freddie Hubbard and Miles Davis yes. and Dizzy Gillespie and, you know, just all of them, uh, Lee Morgan, Clifford Brown. Um and so mm. I think that he's important to black history, to music history in general. Um, and, yeah, Roy's definitely one of our greats, for sure. Oh, oh absolutely. Now, he had and a fan of styles. And when you talk about Franklin, it, it makes yes. me think about this one night, actually, a few years ago. Well, I don't remember exactly what year it is. I have to look into it. But there was a dinner. I went... I went with Roy to a dinner that they were having for Aretha Franklin at the Bel Air Hotel, and Aretha had requested Roy to play at her dinner. And so, Ooh. I don't know. I was just thinking, because you oh. put her name in the question, it reminded me of oh, that. Oh, absolutely. And I was thinking, you know, greats recognize greats, you know? And, oh, definitely. Definitely. I remember so, uh, the uh, political commentator, Roland Martin, he once said that Aretha Franklin uh, invited him to uh to her dressing room just to you know be there to support her and when her publicist or the person working for her failed to put his name on the list and it was later discovered later on uh she confronted her publicist right in front of Roland Martin he said hey i didn't get the invite my name wasn't on the list and she turned to him and said hey when i invite somebody when i invite somebody you make sure it happens so i know if she wanted roy to come play with her she wasn't playing cuz like you said greatness does recognize greatness and those those were yeah. definitely two greats yeah. so yeah. his style you know i think one of the reasons why it got aretha's attention was that he was so versatile and he played in styles ranging from traditionalist jazz to hard bop all the way to neo soul and hip-hop you know we just played i should have did a back announce Elian on this we played poetry now you brought that to my attention you know what i'm saying i mean i love that song and it, it and the reason why is because it encompasses sort of that range that he's known for. It's like, that's a neo-soul song, and I don't know if people recognize that voice leading into Erica Badu, who's on that track, and I think Michelle and Deggio Cello was on that track. Uh, he could play with everybody because his style was unlimited. He wasn't in one box, this uh, Roy Hargrove gentleman. He, he could play everything. And so I'm just wondering um, how your documentary explored some of those different performances, maybe. How, how did you capture yeah. his well, playing I have, style in the film? I have yeah, I have footage of Roy playing with his quintet. I have footage of Roy playing, you know, solo by himself. I have footage of Roy playing, you know, Latin jazz. I have footage of Roy playing with young musicians. And, you know, for what I don't have, I'll also be able to use archival photos and footage to su supplement if I feel that I need it to enhance the story. And, and yes, um, Roy had a really... Range. I, he won a Grammy with uh, Herbie Hancock for Directions and Music, but he also won a Grammy for Habana, which was a completely different style. And then R.H. Factor um, was nominated, which was a, yet a completely different style. And I think he was nominated right. with D'Angelo for Best R&B Vocal Arrangement, and that was R&B nomination. Mm -hmm. you know, so Roy really had a diverse 
band because Roy was just about the music. I mean, jazz is such, um, you know, jazz is a label and it's a style and it's a genre and I respect that and I understand that. But Roy was just a great musician, period, you know, and I think that all great musicians recognize that about him. And in my documentary, Mm -hmm. I have, aside from, you know, Roy is telling his own story in his own words. Um, but I do have interviews with really great artists um, who were so uh, who loved Roy and were so impacted by him, and like Erica Badu, Most Def, Questlove, Sonny Rollins, yes. Chucho Valdez, um, as well as you know a lot of the great jazz musicians like Mark Carey and Antonio Hart and Frank Lacey, Christian McBride. I have interviews with you know all of these people, and so that fills out the picture too for the span of his like you know creative reach and so mm-hmm. yeah i'm just piecing it all together and um and then we right. you know we're going to edit and carve it into a a 90 minute feature <laughs> absolutely well it is well underway and uh we're going to be talking some more about that so let's take a real short break so this is kcwg the truth.com the name of this program is psychotic bump school my name is dj rome and we're here with filmmaker Elian Henry talking to us tonight about the making and the impending release of the Hargrove documentary of her dear friend, Mr. Roy Hargrove, who we uh, unfortunately lost back in November of 2018. Uh, he was a legend in his own right, ladies and gentlemen, played with everybody all across uh, cross-pollinated genres. This brother did it all. We're going to hear another example of that right here that Elian was talking about. Uh, this is a jam off his Ear Food uh, project a few years ago. So let's check this out. This is uh, Roy Hargrove, and this tune is called Star Maker. So check this out. We'll be right back with more with Elion Henry. Stay tuned for more. This is Angel on Sax, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWG, thetruth.com, best internet radio on the planet.
that right there is just some um, soothiness. You know, I don't even know if that's a real word. I'm just kind of coining that phrase tonight, but that's some Roy Hargrove, ladies and gentlemen. This is <laughs> KCWG, thetruth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and that track right there was brought to my attention by our guest tonight, Miss Elian Henry. Miss Henry, that's a beautiful song. Um, it's called Star Maker off of his Ear Food album. And once again, it just pinpoints how versatile this brother was, from neo-soul to funk to hip-hop to just straight-ahead jazz, where the music just kind of just takes you on a journey. And if nothing else, it swings. And, you know, one thing that's really important to jazz artists, uh, Elian, I'm sure you know already through Roy, uh, it's got to have that swing. It's got to have that swing, and that's really where that magic really happens. So, uh, wow. Roy Hargrove, ladies and gentlemen. So... Up into the making of this project, you know, there, there's been several documentaries of people sort of in sort of the twilight of their careers, the twilight of their lives, ranging from Michael Jackson or even Lisa Left Eye Lopez as another example. Um, this one is a little different, though, Elian, because he was aware of some of the, well, not some, but he was acutely aware of the issues he was dealing with when, in terms of his health. So this project stands a bit apart from all those others. How does your documentary about Roy Hargrove explore the recognition of his own gifts in lieu of the realities of these health challenges that he was facing? Can you talk to us about that a little bit? I, um, you know, his health was not, it, it's so interesting because, I mean, he was getting, you know, dialysis regularly and he had been dealing with these health issues for many, many years. However, Roy definitely didn't define himself by that. I mean, he was so stoic that many people in his life, even people who knew him for years and years and years and years, and many fans had no idea that he was struggling with the health issues that he was because Roy never defined himself by that. He never complained. He didn't really talk about mm. it. He was pretty stoic, and it was it was really kind mm -hmm. of a sight to behold because he really... He really transcended his physical being to play the way that he did. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was really just an example how, um, like, the love of your art or the love of something that you do can, you know, can help you overcome just whatever, you know, physical oh, um, circumstances there may be, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, so it's you, very you make rare. me think about, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It's very rare for Roy to talk about his health. You probably can't find anything online on record of him really talking about it that right. much. But he did talk about it a bit in, in this film. You know, we talked about it in our interviews. And um, it's not a focal point of the film. Um, but it will be addressed mm -hmm. in the film, you know. Um, and then I guess you can't really hold me to that either because I haven't started editing, but I don't think it is because that's oh, it was really about the music, you know, and that mm -hmm. is what is, you know, the predominant, you know, um, theme right. of my film. Oh, definitely, mm -hmm. definitely. You know, we, we've done features on a lot of musicians on this show, Alien, and... Um, mm -hmm. A lot of them, the, the more serious ones, I mean, we, we did a feature on Wawa Watson, the great guitar player who played with The Undisputed Truth, with producer Norman Whitfield, uh, Maxwell, Alicia Keys, Michelle Degiocello, you know that name again. Uh, Wawa Watson yeah. was the guitar player's guitar player. And yes, one thing I know he was who Wawa known Watson for. Is. <laughs> there you go. There you go. 
But so you you already know that he had such an acumen and a and an affinity for just making quality music. I mean, that's all that mattered. So long as we do right by the track, so long as we do right by the song, that's all that matters. Let's let's do whatever the song needs and let the rest be the rest. I, I'm sort of paraphrasing from Reese. She's an amazing singer out of uh, Philly. But uh, she had extensive experiences with him. And, you know, people like he and Roy, they're, they're just all about the music, man. It's like... It's, yeah, Roy gave his whole life to the music. Put all Right. Roy gave his entire life to the music up until the very end. You know, that's what he was all about, you know, mm. in every cell of his being, you know. And he right. lived his life that way. He gave all of his life. So, you know, I mean, even though he had a short life, it was a very kind of like distilled experience because he had a, a he had a, a real focus. He knew his dharma. He knew his life's purpose mm. and he poured himself mm-hmm. into that, you know, and right. he kind of put everything else on the periphery, everything else. And the everything. music was it for Roy, you know. And, wow. Uh, and you can hear it in the way he played. And if you were fortunate enough to be someone who got to see him play live, you know, mm-hmm. you could experience it. There was something very special about Roy and the way that he played that, you know, that's gone right. with him that, you know, mm-hmm. will live on forever, mm-hmm. hopefully, um, in this film <laughs> and in the Absolutely. music he left behind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, another artist who's, you know, made his transition as well, uh, comedian Bertie Mac. Uh, he was also unexpectedly uh, lost to the other realm. And um, nobody saw it coming. I mean, I guess insiders knew, uh, as I'm sure, you know, people like you who knew Roy uh, were quite aware of what was going on with him. But Bernie Mac didn't let anybody know what he was going through. And then when the news hit that, you know, he was gone, it's like, wow, it's like nobody saw it coming. And I think the same can be said about Roy Hargrove. Uh, I didn't see it coming. And uh, because the music, the music he kept putting out was so beautiful and amazing. It's like, why think otherwise? You know, we, we just thought everything was everything. So what does that say in terms of, you know, an emerging musician who's serious about pursuing his or her life in music? Uh, what kind of takeaways can they get from the experience of Roy Hargrove and this documentary? Um, well, I think that uh, Roy was all about giving back to young musicians. And I think that, you know, um, throughout the course of the last year of his life, uh, you know, I filmed with him and three different countries and eight different cities. And we did interviews about everything from the beginning of his life to the end. And um, one of the things that, you know, was a repeated theme for Roy as we talked is he, he was always dropping these jewels of wisdom that he wanted to pass down to the next generation that had been passed down to him from the greats. So, um, you know, um, he's dropping jewels in this movie. And, um, Absolutely. And I think it's going to be an important film for all young musicians to see. You know, some of the people who have been working on, like, little editorial things for me, like doing transcripts and stuff, who are also musicians, are like, oh, my gosh, this is so inspiring. It should be, you know, required watching for all musicians. And it really should be because Roy, you know, he was a teacher, and um, and he just loved the music so much, and he was just, like, passing down, you know, that knowledge to mm-hmm to the kids, to the Mm up-and-comers. How about that? Well, let's talk about the project. Uh, We have a few minutes left. Uh, Where are we with this project right now? Can you talk to us a little bit about where this project is as of today? And as of right now, what are its most fundamental needs for its completion? 
Right now, um, you know, we have like, I don't know, maybe like 100 hours of footage. I have so much, I mean, beautiful, gorgeous footage, iconic footage of Roy, interviews, B-roll, all mm. of that. And I'm ready to edit, oh you know, I'm ready to start editing and I need to raise money to edit. And, um, you know, it could be up to a 20-week editing process, maybe even a little bit more, maybe, you know, for um, a feature, a 90-minute feature film. So I do need to, you know, I'm trying to raise, like, 60K to get to the editing or something around there. And um, mm-hmm. I have a, a fiscal sponsorship through Film Independent, and uh, through Film Independent they have a, a nonprofit uh, model set up for raising money for documentaries and um, people can mm. go there to make donations and um, it's a tax write-off if you make a donation through Film Independent on behalf of the Hargrove Project and you can do it online and they will send you an immediate email tax receipt letter for your accounting records so you can get your write-off and everyone who makes a donation will get a thank you and the credits and it really takes a village to make an independent film. It is no joke. It is mm. <laughs> filmmaking is one of the most <laughs> expensive ways to express yourself creatively. And um, yeah. Wow. So, well, is it I worth know. it? How much is it worth it? <laughs> would, would you have preferred to do it a different kind of way, other than the way you're doing it? I mean, this situation had to be the way it was probably for various reasons, so I wouldn't change a thing. And it's been a learning experience, and it's been mm-hmm. um, a very mystical, magical experience. Um, right. This project is definitely carried by a higher power, but, you know, um, I'm a first-time director. I kind of had to get my chops with this one, and, you know, after this, hopefully, um, my next project I will be able to do with a budget <laughs> There in place mm-hmm. ahead of time. Mm-hmm. God willing. <laughs> that oh yeah. Nice. It, it's God so willing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. You know. Well, I you're had really um, passionate about a subject. You can, you know, you can do it. You can make it happen. Yeah. Well, I'm off script right now entirely. I mean, you didn't have to do this, uh, Elian. I mean, what you, you kind of hinted at it already, but what keeps you going? I mean, th- this is a very important legacy project, and I'm, I'm sure Roy Hargrove and family estate has given their blessing. Uh, this is quite a burden for a first-time director. So what is it that's keeping you going, and why do you keep fighting? Well, what's keeping me going is that Roy and I, you know, started on this together when he was alive. We started working on this together in the summer of 2016, and we ended up starting shooting the last year of his life. But now, you know, I've been working on this three years, and I I started on it, you know, collaborating with Roy when he was alive, and then he passed away unexpectedly. But, you know, I feel like I'm still collaborating with him now, and I know that this was what he wanted. This was his vision, you know. We, um, you know, we just talked about so much, and so I feel like, And he left this beautiful, heartfelt message, you know, for the world, and I just want to get it out there. And um, and I feel like, you know, there's fans who know who Roy is, but Roy, he is, he's such one of our greats. He he should be known on a more mainstream level, and I hope that this film will achieve that for him, and that will be beneficial to, you know, his estate, his family, to everyone, you know, involved. And so, you know... 
That's right what I'm going with this. Roy deserves this, yeah. and that's what keeps me going, you know? Amen. Right on. Well, one more time, tell us how can fans of Roy Hargrove, uh, what can they do to support you in the advancement of this project? How can we get involved? One more time. So you can go to Film Independent, and um, the link is kind of complicated for me to just say right now because it's so long. Hopefully right. maybe you can put it up with the archive. But basically, Definitely. you know, Hargrove, if you Google Hargrove Film Independent, it will take you to my page at the Film Independent, and it gives a synopsis, like a summary of the film. And it, there's a place where you can go donate, and any amount, no amount is, you can fill in your own amount, no amount is too big or too small. Um, it all adds up, and it all goes towards, um, you know, the making of this really important film. Right. Okay, well, there you have it, uh, filmindependent.org. Uh, let's step up, y'all. We're looking for editors. For the completion of this project, uh, Elion Henry has uh, stepped out on faith, essentially. Um, Roy Hargrove has blessed this project from within and above. Uh, we're overseeing this project with love, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we need you to get involved. Editors, filmmakers, uh, spread the word. Uh, we want this project to see its fulfillment. Well, Elion, I can't thank you enough for being here tonight. Uh, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. I also want to thank Ann Brannigan of TheRoot.com, as well as DJ Umami, and the incredible uh, filmmaker, Miss Elion Henry. Well, Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meets at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us next week. We shall return. I also want to thank my producer, Mr. Frank Starks, and Mr. Dorsey, and we are out of here, y'all. Take care. We'll see you soon. <laughs>